All right, welcome back to another episode of the Carter Cast. I'm your host, Carter Bond. In person, we actually did it this time. We did it that one time, but the yeah. the lighting's not awful in here. It's a weird room. You're probably looking at it, you're like, where the hell are you guys? <laughs> <laughs> I, I think, honestly, throughout the season, uh, this is our third episode in our third different place, right? Like, I think it should be like a Where's Waldo type thing. Like, we just appear in different places. We for appear each in a BYU classroom? Yeah. A raising yeah. can- the Caniac Corner at Raising Canes. <laughs> that would actually be a great place that, to do that a podcast. Would be, that'd be an awesome place to do a podcast. I can't lie. Yeah, Canes would yeah. suck after this. <laughs> uh, all right, we're back. Um, we're going to do, I mean, like I said, we talked about it last week. Everybody stinks. Everybody's losing. No one can win on the road. That's the consistent theme in college basketball this season. Uh, the specific point I want to start with is, Who's the best player in college basketball? We we don't have a number one draft pick. I was doing the NBA pod earlier with Connor. Go listen to that. And we're talking about teams tanking. What are you tanking for? There is not a single player in college basketball I would tank for. But then you always have, like, that doesn't equal the number one draft pick necessarily, meaning, you know, just Paolo Bencaro wasn't the best player in college basketball, but he was the best draft prospect. Who is the best player in college basketball right now? Uh, so you're looking for like just in college basketball, yeah. not not prospect. Uh, I think we we should just not overthink this and go with Zach Eady. Really, I think so. I was thinking Dalton Connect. Okay, I was. You can you Dalton can convince Connect. me. Dal- Dalton Connect was on my on my list. I think Zach Eady is probably likely the favorite to win National Player of the Year again, unless it's voter fatigue. Yeah, would you think so? Just with the stats would, he's going to put up, would he be the lamest multi wooden award winner? Maybe. I think he would. <laughs> yeah, multi. Who, who are the old other multi? Um, what Hansborough probably won it twice, right? Probably. Leitner? That was that was one that came. Did Leitner? Maybe. Like these are the this this yeah. we can look it up here in a second, but. This is what you're competing against, like the Hansboroughs, the Leitners. Zach Eadie's not going to be remembered like a Hansborough or a Leitner. No, he won't. He'll just be like, uh, like I think there will be times in which people will look back and see highlights of him and be like, oh, it's like the that tall dude yeah, Purdue. And that's yeah. what he'll be known for. He'll maybe be like a backup center in the NBA for like a few years. Yep. You know what I mean? Just sort of like how Tyler Hansborough didn't really hang around the NBA. Yeah. Like same sort of vibes. But – uh, Dalton Connect, you could easily convince me. I, I think one issue, though, is on the defensive side of the floor. Yeah. He's not, you know, really up to par with Tennessee's defense, but he gives them – like, I love Dalton Connect. Yep. So, uh, you could easily convince me. Dude can score, shoot, really at all three levels. Um, but the defensive side of the floor is is an issue. What about Hunter Dickinson? He was on my list of, like – like sort of like probably a first team all American. RJ Davis? He's he, he was out. also on I my mean, list. He'll probably he'll I don't think anybody will get close to him for ACC player of the year. No. No. He was definitely on there. I had Edie, Dickinson, RJ Davis, Dalton Connect, and then I also put in like maybe Lance McCullers. Like I just threw his name out there with like question marks. Yeah. Um but like really when you get past that I don't think there's obvious guys because when you're looking at like some of these really good teams in college basketball right now, um, I don't think you can look at like a specific player, right? Like Arizona, it's like who is no. the player for Arizona? It's like they've got a great starting five. UConn's got different good pieces, but there's not just like one guy on each of them that you can point to. 
Yeah, I, I think that's fair because when you talk about Purdue and Zach Eady, you're you're like, okay, Zach Eady does this, but what you're really pointing to is the guards. Yeah. Maybe that's what it is. Maybe we just don't have good enough guards this year in college basketball. I like I think we're just lacking horrifically in that department because like RJ Davis, think about like 2019-2018. Is RJ Davis a top 10 player in the country? No. I don't think so. And I think that'll make things really interesting because especially in March, really guard play wins in March. Yeah, guards think, are everything. Yeah. So we're here in Provo right now. I say that every every time BYU plays it's like, "Oh, this is going to be their downfall in March. They don't have a ball handler. Their point guard can't score the ball. It, oh, he can, but like, inefficiently. He's not, not a great dribbler. He can't control the tempo. His handle is so loose, mm-hmm. and de- the decision making's not there, and you don't feel comfortable with him having the ball in his hands. Yeah, I agree. That's what'll make March Madness. I think it'll make the tournament really interesting. That'd be weird. Because I'm not sure where things will go. Um. Overrated, underrated teams. I'm just going to name a team. You tell me if they're overrated or underrated. Okay. Kentucky. Underrated. I think they're underrated, too. I don't think they're getting the respect they deserve. I still think they're not talked about enough. Yeah. I still think they're a little underrated. Which I'm surprised about. It's a blue blood that's, that's honestly performing really well and has a lot of potential. And it's still kind of... But that's yeah. what happens when you lose to a UNCW and you lose to Texas A&M. You lose the... I mean, Texas A&M, that's a tough road game. Like, mm-hmm. Texas A&M's going to probably win 70 80% of their home games. But, yeah, like, I think that's why... I don't know why Kentucky's not getting more hype around it. This is a fun Kentucky team, and this is like the first year it's been a fun Kentucky team that's not not getting enough hype. Yeah, I also think it's very much like vintage John Calipari. Like, this is like a John Calipari team. Where Even, they get the second or third seed in the SEC tournament and they make a run and you're sitting there Sunday morning like, oh yeah, Kentucky versus Auburn in the SEC title game. Yeah, and it's one of those teams where it's like you have NBA first round caliber players coming yep. off the bench. Uh, it's just sort of like John Calipari with this roster is in his bag this year. Yeah. So I, I, I think they're underrated right now. Carolina. I want to say overrated, but just reality is just is. Are they properly rated? I think right now, but I still think they're not like the fourth best team in the country. So you're saying overrated then? Yeah, I'm gonna say you know I'll Carolina. I'll stick is, my head out. This overrated. Is the, this is the best sell high spot on Carolina. Yeah, I'm sitting here with a forty to one Carolina to win the title ticket. I'm sitting here like, oh man, I'd love to cash out on this if I could. I mean, they're down to like fourteen to one on most books. Look, they're they're a good team. I still just don't feel like they're a national championship caliber team. No. I just I don't look at like like I almost feel like they're sort of like they're just steady and doing what they should be doing, which they deserve proper credit for. It, well, they didn't beat any good teams. They but are But they're not losing to bad teams, exactly. which everyone else is doing. Yeah, they're the I Dolphins guess. of the of college basketball. The Carolina Tar Heels are the Miami Dolphins. <laughs> Yeah. Think about it. What what teams of Carolina be outside of Tennessee? Oklahoma. What is Tennessee no- I think that's the What answer. is Tennessee notoriously known for in March in the playoffs, in the tournament? Losing. Who was the one team that the Miami Dolphins beat in the regular season that made the playoffs? The Cowboys. What are they known for? Losing in the playoffs. Bingo. That is the only good team they've beaten. You look at the other teams, you're like, Oklahoma. Well, Oklahoma's 14th in the country. That doesn't mean crap. Yeah, because they're not. They're ter- they're a bad team. They play nobody, and the second they've played 
anybody that's decent, they've gotten waxed. Yeah. Absolutely waxed. When they yeah. played Carolina, that wasn't even a game. No, it wasn't. And trying to think the other game, like they couldn't beat UConn. Mm-hmm. UConn's a good team. That's fine. Yeah. You got to beat UConn or Kentucky to prove you're that team. Yeah. You know, beating ten- beating They came ten- close. Yeah. Yeah, they did. But but, like, but but it proves to me that they're not like I, I consider Kentucky team. and UConn as like national championship contending teams, and the fact that UNC is not able to beat either of them tells me that they're just a notch below. I think they're they're sort of like in the top tier right now, or considered the top tier, and I really think they're probably like a second tier team when it comes to the national landscape. So. Yeah. I, I would say that. I mean, they're, look, they're a good team. They're probably going to win the ACC regular season. Because, I, I'd be shocked if they didn't. Because they only have to play Wake once. Yeah. And you got to play Duke twice, but they'll probably split that. And then Duke's already lost to Georgia Tech. Duke, Duke will fumble the bag against, like, Virginia Tech and State, as they always do. And then no one else outside of those two are competing for an ACC title. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, I would I would say Carolina's overrated at the moment. This team can make a Final Four. I hope they make a Final Four because I'm, you know, I'm getting Final Four tickets early this year, so I hope I can sell high and then, you know, get to the game and then sell them. But I, and also, thank goodness, I will say this as ACC people, thank goodness Carolina isn't losing to butthole teams. As a conference, we'd be really screwed if they were. We'd be really screwed if they were. I'm so mad watching Clemson the other night. They blew an eight-point lead with like 56 seconds left against Georgia Tech, and Miami's a six and a half point favorite against Florida State at home loses by like seven outright. You're like, what? Wake can't win a road game. State can't win against any good team in college basketball. Like, it's a pitiful conference right now. It really is. It's really bad. I think you just hope a few of these teams can just sort of salvage it by getting it together. Yep. Um, or just like, I almost think like you don't want. These teams beating up on each other. Like in the Big 12, that's a fine thing. In the ACC, it's like we just need the cream of the crop to rise. We, just a few others. We also need the ACC to start scheduling the non-con like the Big 12. Because yes. the Big 12 schedule is a nobody. Nobody. And they and then they look good. Yeah, they look good. Houston's two toughest games were what? Texas A&M and who else? Iowa? Or Utah? It's probably Utah. Yeah. And what are those? Like, and Utah is like probably a tournament team, but that's not even that's not even a lock. That's not even a lock at this point. So, is the Pac-12 a one bid league? They might be a one bid league. They they might. I I think I I still think probably too because I look at Oregon and think they could get in. I still think like Colorado has enough talent to like potentially do it. I uh so I took forever to load this, but this is what I wanted to bring up real quick. So I know we bracketology, whatever. But it's a mock mock bracket. This is kind of gives you a good outline of like what college basketball is this season. So right now, Joe Lenardi's bracket has Carolina as a one seed. In their bracket, the top four seeds are Carolina, Illinois, Auburn, Houston. Carolina gets out of there. It, it, they're only tough. I think Auburn would be their toughest game. I think if I were filling out a bracket with that, I think I'd have Auburn. Yeah, I would have Auburn. I, w- I mean, I would. Yeah, because I wouldn't be picking UNC to go but, based off principle almost. But, but Auburn could easily lose in the second round to Princeton or Florida Atlantic. Absolutely, they definitely could. Yeah. Um. All right. Uh. Duke overrated, underrated. Underrated. <laughs> they are underrated. 
I've I, ne- I never thought I'd be saying that about a Duke team. Looking in the camera right now, <laughs> never. This is video evidence of me saying that Duke is underrated. They're I think underrated. they probably are. Yeah, yeah. I mean, they're not a bad team. I want to say shout out uh, Barstool Riggs. He was on Titus's show today, and he said. I don't see Duke winning the national title because when I close my eyes, I can't sit there and see Ryan Young lifting a national title trophy. <laughs> I love, and I love, uh, what I listened to that exact part, and my first thought was, well, Brian Zubek yeah, was Brian on the Zubek. stage. I and s- then Titus said that immediately <laughs> after that. I sent that to so three that people, yeah. three other people too. And I was like, yeah, the Ryan Young thing. And they're like, well, Brian Zubek won a freaking title. I don't want to hear the All the Plumleys won a national title with it's Duke. True. It's true. Marshall <laughs> Plumley was up there. Ryan Young is an honorary, is turning into an honorary Plumley. I think so. Uh, either that or there's like, there's like a second, like alternate, like to the Plumleys, like the other white big men, like Zubek is there. I think Ryan Young's there. Ryan Kelly, like he, yeah. he's sort of a. Yeah, he, it's like it's yeah. like the alternate big white guy. It's like you got the Plumleys and then you've got like the other family. Ryan, you know? Ryan Young is just Marshall Plumley and Ryan Kelly morphed into one. Yes, I agree. With a little bit of Javin Delorier sprinkled in there. <laughs> oh man, I think Javin this Duke team's underrated though. I mean, they're I think flying so. under the radar. This is perfect as a Duke fan. I love yeah. this. No one's talking about us. No one's given us respect, which I, I'm fine with that. Weirdly, we snuck into that seventh ranked spot just because everybody else lost. Yeah, but they're slowly they're not losing these crap games, even though they almost lost to Georgia Tech. Yeah, again. Yeah, <laughs> maybe maybe we should go back on this day. <laughs> no, but that was it. Pitt, where they just looked. It wasn't Pitt. Yeah, Pitt. It was Pitt. At it was Pitt. Pitt, and they're playing Pitt again. Pitt Saturday. After a week off. Like, I don't know why they can't spread these out a little more. Um, but with that being said, yeah, I mean, they looked fantastic in that game. I think, like, I come from the perspective of I think they're underrated because we've seen sort of, like, the vision of yep. what they can be. And that's all I need to know right now. Yeah. And you were like, oh, we should spread out this pit game. Like, didn't they just play them? Buddy, I got news for you. Every game in the ACC is pit. We got Louisville, Clemson. Boston College, Notre Dame, Florida State, Virginia. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Virginia. Mm-hmm. Um, all right, let's keep this going. Overrated, underrated, let's say UConn. Properly rated? I was going to say properly they're rated. National, they're, they're a national title yeah, team. I was going to say properly rated. I mean, they're rated, what, one right now? Maybe I think they're the third best team in the country. So one and maybe. Two. I'm going to say I'm going to say Purdue and although they've been underachieving I'm still holding on to that Arizona belief. Oh, 100%. That Duke game, the Arizona Duke game winning at Cameron. I don't care if you win in November, March, December, whenever. If you win at Cameron, that is no joke. Yeah, that's a great Arizona team. Yeah, but and I also, don't care that they're losing random games at Stanford like whatever. Um the because it's so, it would be so easy to let your guard down this year in the Pac-12. Yeah, because they're genuinely probably a one bid league. Arizona, Utah, the Mountain West is Oregon, going, Oregon, Oregon, maybe, maybe, but they're like a ten right now according to Lenardi, right? Or the pa- Colorado the, can the Mountain West is going to get more than they are. The Mountain I, West I, is going to get more than the Pac-12. That's, that's and that's like that's not debatable. That's not even like an exaggeration. Um, do you have another team overrated, underrated that you wanted to bring up? Houston overrated. Under or sorry, sorry. Yeah, 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 I thought you <laughs> overrated, completely yeah. overrated. Baylor overrated. Um, 
to back to the Houston point, they I just can't believe they're so overrated. I have no faith in that Houston team. Mm-hmm. Um, Baylor, smidge overrated, but a smidge, a smidge. I I think people have sort of caught on to them a little bit. I think Kansas a little overrated. I think Tennessee Tennessee, Tennessee a little right underrated. Now. Tennessee smidge underrated. Mm-hmm. I th- I think. Like I know, I was talking about it before. Like, oh, Carolina only beat Tennessee, who chokes in the playoff. But uh, I, I could see this Tennessee team winning the national title. Hey, look, I that get gets to. to another point. Let's talk about that. Let's yeah, let's get that into that. Is Matt Painter and Rick Barnes capable of winning a national title? They are capable of winning a national cha- championship. Are they? They are capable. Uh, when when we were preparing this, though, the question was, do you trust them in March? No, I don't trust them, but they are capable. I don't trust Tony Bennett in March, but he won a national so, championship. He can. I know everyone's going to make the Virginia-Purdue comparisons after losing to FDU and Virginia losing to UMBC, blah, 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 and coming back redemption year or whatever. To that point, I want to say this, is that Purdue, like most teams, it's like Duke getting over the hump is like, oh, you got to win your Elite Eight game. Carolina, you got to win your Sweet 16 second round game. Like a lot of Kansas, you got to win that first Final Four game or whatever, blah, blah, blah. Purdue is just winning that first round, and they're sneaky kind of playing with house money the rest of the tournament. Yeah, I, I do think I think Final Four will kind of be the bar for this team still. Yes, absolutely. If they don't make the Final Four, it's a disappointment. It's a season. disappointment. But in the casual college basketball fan, how the mass media of basketball is going to see this Purdue team. If they when they win that first round game, that is going to be such a such a relief for them, and they're like, "All right, we can play freely now." Yeah, I mean, when you know the Virginia comparisons are inevitable because yep. of the situation when they went down against Gardner Webb, and then once they like made that run, like you could see it in everyone's face, like they're having fun. There's like a a dunk by DeAndre Hunter where he and Ty Jerome were both smiling, yelling down the court. Like you could tell, it's like okay, we've like, we've kind of like buried our demons a little bit, and now we can just play. Uh-huh. You didn't feel the nervousness of the team going forward once yep. they separated and like easily beat the 16 seed. Yep. At that point, I think it's gonna be a similar thing for Purdue. Uh, I wouldn't be shocked if whoever they play like gets hot from three at the beginning. We're going, oh boy. Yep. Here we go. Yep. You yep. Know? Yeah, just like North, just like Gardner Webb, North Carolina Central is just nailing threes to start the game. And you're like, and oh Edie gets two fouls early, and you're like, mm, whoa, what's happening? Yeah, you but know, then Braden Smith game? will assert himself in that. I have a triple double. Yeah, he will in that, in that, and that's something he couldn't do last year. That's the difference for me with this team. Rick Barnes, though, Tennessee. I trust him less than Matt Painter. I do too, but I trust. I defense is going to travel. They have the best player. I think they have the best individual player on offense in the country. Therefore, I'm fully buying this Tennessee team. I feel like this year you have to, like in college basketball, I feel like this year especially, you have to buy in on one of those teams that's like notoriously known for choking. Like yeah. every year people are, you know, every year people like, you know, they're like Gonzaga, Gonzaga is that team. And every year I'm like, no, I'm, I'm going against Gonzaga no matter what every single year. But this year I, I have to put Tennessee in that category. Like that's going to be the team that I, everything in the world, all that history has shown me is don't trust this coach. Don't trust this program in the tournament. 
but I'm going to trust them. I'm going to put all my eggs in the Tennessee basket, I think. Yeah, I, I think so, too. I think Purdue's yours. Yeah. I think Purdue's yours. You're like, everything in my life, history has always told me, don't pick this Purdue team in March. Do not let this Purdue team be the best. Like, don't, you know they're going to choke, and you're still going to pick them. Yeah, until they don't, though. Until they don't. That's why I'm picking Tennessee. Yeah, right? exactly. And I think this Tennessee team, there's actually like tangible evidence to to believe that this is different. Um, and that really comes down to they've never had a guy who can score the ball like Dalton Connect. Nope. And they still have that defense. And you got guys like Zakai Ziegler and Dalton Connect who are like, okay, we're going to be the primary guys getting buckets. We're going to get some contributions in the scoring column from other guys. And we're going to continue playing tough defense. I, I think it was important that Rick Barnes sort of like go, okay, instead of having a top five defense, we might have like a top 10 defense, but have Dalton connect, be able to drop 20 plus every game. And I think that's going to make a big difference. And at least like there can be a time where it's like, okay, we're not able to score in a sweet 16 game. Right. Yep. And you just give the ball to Dalton connect. Yeah. One-on-one. Did they, did they have that last year? Absolutely not. No, they absolutely did not. Once they beat Duke and lost to FAU. Yeah. Yeah, once they lost. Yeah, in that FAU game, like, they just didn't have a guy because Sakai Ziegler was out. I don't love him, but he can score. Yep. Um, They just didn't have anyone like that. Yep. Who could just score. Yeah, no, I I think that's just the difference, and that's why, like, like I said, history's shown don't trust Tennessee, don't trust Purdue in these spots, but – this is this makes me like them more. This year's different. I agree. This year's a hundred percent different. Um, all right, you wanted to get this off. Uh, let's talk about bracketology. There, this is the year where Joe Lenardi starts getting on your TV every night. You're watching college basketball. Joe Lenardi sneaks on your TV, and your team's down by like four in the second half of the under sixteen timeout, and they're cu- cutting back into the game, and you're pissed off. You're like, "How are we losing to Georgia Tech right now?" and they have Joe Lenardi picture in picture with the game talking for 10 minutes about how Utah State is on the bubble. This, it, yeah, this, I was going to say, easy. and you're wondering, you're going, we're down to Georgia Tech by seven at the under 16 timeout. And why, why do I look like I'm sitting in like the nosebleed seats <laughs> yes, of this game? Yes, does the but I feel picture. like I'm, I, I have a front row seat to Joe Lenardi's <laughs> face. Yes. He's sitting it's in, terrible. Hey, uh, uh, he he was on the he was on the podcast. I, I, I'm a big Lenardi guy. I'm not hating on Lenardi himself, but the bracketology thing as a whole is so funny. I think the issue that I have with bracketology is the idea that it's gospel. That is my issue. When we are going, I I want you to listen to this, Carter, and I'm looking to the camera. All viewers of the Carter Cast podcast need to make sure that in march conference tournament time you will notice the people on espn will say utah state is a seven seed right now (laughs) they are a seven seed right now we just pretend that joe lenardi's bracket is the committee yep and i hate that no it's a projection projections are great i'm happy joe lenardi does it i'm happy that jerry palm does it but like i'm going crazy like, this isn't the committee. Joe Lenardi is not the committee. Unless he is. Unless we want to go into conspiracy theory time. I can get another hat on. <laughs> I can get a, th- I got a tinfoil hat. No, but I just, I just hate the, they are, a, Texas is a four seed. No, they're not. 
Joe Lenardi has them projected as a four seed. Oh, well, if they lose today, they become a three. Or if they lose today, they become a five seed. That is no, weird. No. It's a projection. Yeah, and it also. Which is fine, but just don't treat it like it's not a projection. That's all. But, That's my rant. But is it gospel? <laughs> is it gospel? <laughs> no. Because, well. Unless it is. Unless it is. <laughs> because Joe Lenardi might just you know, be that tight with the committee. I asked him on the podcast when we interviewed him, I was like, hey, you know, how much contact do you have with the committee? He was like, oh, well, we talk here and there. And, you know, you know he did his whole <laughs> spiel. But, well, the, the, the problem is, I think the projections are all fairly in line with each other because there's a thousand bracketology things now with Twitter accounts and whatever. And, uh, it's and close I, enough. And everyone's close enough to where I think the projections aren't terrible but I do agree with like, all right, like the Joe Lenardi stuff is not gospel. I I think that's right. And you're like, well, if Wake Forest loses today in the Wednesday of the ACC they're tournament, out. they're a hundred percent out. Like, why? Like maybe. <laughs> and I love that the the thought that they're doing this, and like the thought that like the committee is just going like day by day doing this. Yeah. Like they don't give a crap. No. They're sitting there doing. They're doing something else. Dude, they're not. It, they're probably not even watching basketball. Isn't it Boo Corrigan, the NC State AD, or is he just only on the that college football? Right, yeah. He's on the college football committee, but he might. I think he's on the NCAA tournament one too. What do you think Boo Corrigan is doing? Just you think he's sitting there grinding Utah State versus New Mexico tape on a Tuesday night on CBS Sports Network? There's no way in hell, but I know I am. <laughs> yeah, I know. I know. I'm sitting there with yeah. raising canes next to me, just sitting there like. Oh yeah, I really like Grace Aborios from Utah State. This is great. You know, Danny Sprinkle's got a good program going on there. Shout out Rico Bosco. Um, yeah, I like bracketology though. I'll say that. No, I enjoy it too. I, I like it. I like going on there. Just like, especially I'd say post New Year's once we're getting into conference play. Yeah, February is when I really kind of dive into it. March, you know, it's fully immersed. But I like doing. Do you just like start picking? Oh, like you yeah. see the bracketology well, and you're like, this is what well, I'd have. Thing, you can't it doesn't do hit the you, same. You but. can't do this this year because Virginia blows. Yeah. But like I go straight. Well, you knew it with BYU. I go straight to Duke and BYU and I'm like, okay, we can win there. Oh, that's a tough bracket. We got UConn in our bracket. That sucks. And then you're going around and you're like, oh, we have to play BYU in the second round. I'll kill myself if that happens. Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I, I fully, I'm a delusional person. Like I know that through and through that I am a delusional person. And uh, when I see Joe Lenardi's bracket, I'm like, well, this is kind of close to what it could be. And then I start talking myself into like, oh, Duke Duke, uh, Duke, and BYU both playing in Pittsburgh. Like, I might have to fly to Pittsburgh. I might have to go to these first-round games. Is there, a like, a dopamine hit that you get when you fill out a bracket, even if it's fake? Because oh. I think there is. I've never filled out a fake bracket, but I, we should. Maybe we do that next week. Whatever Joe Lenardi's bracket. We sneak the bracketology and we just start we picking it, it. We print it out and start filling oh, it out. Oh, oh, the physical, the physical bracket, there's nothing like it. We get a Dollar Tree like cardboard cutout like Obama's bracket, but it's just like Lenardi's January 23rd bracketology. And we're sitting there filling out. I think we found a great idea. But yeah, right, like but, but my point is you know it's it's fake, but you're yeah. still having some enjoyment filling it out. Yeah. <laughs> it makes you happy and you don't know why it makes you happy, but it does make you happy. Do you So so this is how big of a college basketball fan I am and how much I think about it. I love it. It's literally like 
I love football. I love college football. I love the NFL. I love the NBA. But like in my heart of hearts, when it comes down to it, like college basketball is all that matters to me. Like I agree. That's what, and so by saying that, do you allow yourself to think about like making plans for March Madness? Thinking about oh man, like Selection Sunday is going to be sweet. Like starting to get that little little sprinkle of like oh my gosh, it's coming soon. When does that fully start hitting for you? Because by about mid February. Mm-hmm. I would say 70% of my brain is only thinking about March Madness. Yeah, I, I'm going to say March 1st, because then you get the you get the tweet from the March... The March Madness account just starts popping off. <laughs> where yep. it's like... Randomly, like, you'll tune in. that, yeah. Because I... It, the, I think it's March 1st. The music doesn't hit for me when it's like... Right now, I'm watching Utah State versus New Mexico. No, and you're just like, dun, 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 dun. you're like, it's oh, different. Yeah, you're like, yeah. And then like, man, late like mid February, or the first, the second, the clock hits March. It's like, oh my, like I can't. If you're in school, I can't do schoolwork. If you're at, you know, you have a nine to five, I can't even think there. All I can think about is March. Yeah, last season, I know once it hit March, I was. Even though we were like not even in conference tourney time, yep. Like the end of the regular season, I was sitting. I had an eight a.m. class, and I was sitting there, like walking to the class in like thirty degree weather. I'm listening to college basketball podcasts. Yeah. Once I sit down in class, I'm going through the ESPN bracketology, um, and then once I leave class, I'm I'm re getting back on the college basketball podcast. Yeah. I so I dabble in the college basketball podcast in November, December, early January. Same, it doesn't now, hit the same. Now it's more this week it started to morph into like, oh, the majority of the sports podcasts I listen to now are college basketball related. Yeah. It's like you still do your NFL ones cuz you're like I got, you know, your NFL playoffs, NFL playoffs, you're there, Super Bowl, all this. The day the Super Bowl ends, then it's you're only listening to college basketball podcasts. Agreed. I I think that's sort of it does sort of hit when you're making plans, like mm-hmm. like my girlfriend's like, oh, let's do this in March, <laughs> oh, and I'm the, like... The poor oh. wives and girlfriends of degenerate men across the country just taking their P- uh, limited PTO off to watch 18-year-olds play basketball. Like, the poor wives and girlfriends. They ha- I remember, I'm oh my gosh, my it's just, poor Justine. Poor Justine. Her first, she, last year March Madness, we had the... We we were in the basement and we had the cardboard we had cardboard put up on the windows so it didn't bring in any natural light, <laughs> just so we could get the projector at the best picture. It, it had no contact with the outside world. Only, the only times I walked outside and this will be the same this year. The only times you walk outside are one when you're mad and you're like, I need to blow off team. I gotta walk outside. Like I'm pissed after your team loses or you lose a big bet, or then or it's like oh. Let's go get pizza. Oh, let's go get food. Let's go pick up food. I think this year I'm going to do the vet move, and I think I'm going to ball out this year. I think I'm going to get delivery during March Madness. I, I might as well. That That's where, like, well, the $30. Well, we're going to end up watching together. Yes, like, the $30 <laughs> Uber Eats is actually yeah. going to, like, like feel okay. Yeah. Because it feels like a holiday. It feels like you're able to treat yourself. It's like being home from Christmas break. But I wanted to add that that you literally described what I did to a T. We had, like, <laughs> we had Mountain Dew. Just Mountain Dew, just like a whole pack of Mountain Dew. And I remember telling Tyler, just at the end of the first day, I just said, not everyone can do what we do. It's a war. And the one time I went outside was to talk to my dad (laughs) after the Kihei Clark turnover that led into the Furman game-winning shot. I left. (laughs) 
I left immediately and came back in like 30 minutes later, and then I don't think I left again. Uh, the most memorable, besides like the Duke Tennessee losing, whatever, the, by far the most memorable moment from last year's tournament was like it is a grind. It, like Thursday, at the end of Thursday, you still have some energy. You're like, that was awesome. Let's do it again tomorrow. We're locked and loaded. End of Friday, you're worn down. You're like, holy you crap. Are. Like, whew, especially if you're betting on all the games and stuff. Saturday, you know, you're there. Sunday. Those Sunday night games, when it's like two versus seven or whatever, those are hard. That's when, like, you're, you know, you got the Gatorade sign up. Like, when you're playing 2K, you got a little Gatorade logo up. You're like, man, dude, I'm struggling here. I remember, I, I don't think I've ever cheered louder for a bet than when TCU hit that garbage backdoor cover against Gonzaga last tournament. Oh, yeah. That changed my weekend. I was sitting there, like, worn out. I was like, oh, man, like, i got to go to work tomorrow. F me. And that went in, dude. I was like, I could have done another four days of March Madness. Just winning that one bet, that one backdoor cover. Yeah, and it's one of those things where, like, the thirst there's – there's highs and lows throughout the day. Yep. Like the beginning, like once the first game tips, you're like, oh, let's go. And it's like that first like group of four games. And then there's a couple like the middle, you're like, eh. Yep. And then it gets into night and you're back in it at night. Yeah. We you're like it gets to like six PM, maybe mountain time, and you're like, Oh boy, here we go. We might have to make a trip to Wendover for one of the days. We may. <laughs> we might. have you done a casino March Madness? I have not. Sneaky overrated. Really? Sneaky, overrated Casino March Madness. If you're able to find one that's not super crowded, I want to be able to sit down in a comfortable chair and watch the games. I agree. Like It's fun being there. Everyone's betting, all this stuff. But also, it's like, or I could be at my house. I could have my food. I could have my drinks. I could have my bathroom, have my couch. Maybe I'm just turning into an old white man. Well, here's the thing. I also... Which is definitely... There, there's a rite of passage to be able to, to watch March Madness with me. So yes. I'm not sure if I can go to a casino and just watch with random people. It's fun. Yeah, it could be. But the I key, couldn't do it for my team. That's what I was going to say. The key is don't go during your team. I went in 22 when the Palo Bancaro Duke team. Uh, I was in Denver. We went to the casino. I went Thursday. Duke played Friday. I watched the yeah. Duke game in the hotel room, and I was you know pissing my pants against Cal State Fullerton. But th- the Thursday, it was when St. Peter's beat Kentucky – and like that, that that's awesome. But yeah, you can't go the day your team is playing. A hundred percent. No, you absolutely cannot. Um, all right, I think that's enough March Madness talk. Let's do. Uh, you want to rank and tier some commentators? Sure. Gus Johnson. Yeah, I know he's not color. He's play by play. But Gus Johnson. He's great. Really? Yeah. Do you think he's a little too much at times? I don't like regular season Gus Johnson. Yeah, Mar- March Gus Johnson hits though. Yeah, it does. Yeah, it does. Um, Bill Raftery. I used to not like him, and then I realized I was being the idiot. I was the dumb one in the room. You were the problem. Yeah, I I was the problem. I don't now. This is a bad take, hot take. People aren't gonna like this. Not the biggest onions fan. No, I don't. I, the the onions thing doesn't hit for me. I don't know why. I onions like it. Or like, what are we doing? Like, you know, what hits for me. Send it in, Jerome. Send it in, Jerome. <laughs> yeah, he's. I. I. I do like Bill Raftery though. A lot. Little Miniman. <laughs> yeah. What. <laughs> what is that? Like, am I? I don't know. Like Bill Walton. You hate him. I like him in Maui. I love Bill Walton. Otherwise, I. I don't. I'm not a big Bill Walton guy. I don't want Bill Walton during my game. My team. Thankfully, he's never on my team. 
No, he'll never. He'll never do a BYU. Or I guess in Maui he could do one of ours, but you yeah, don't care. Virginia then. hasn't really gone to Maui. Yeah, and Duke so. doesn't play MTs anymore. Um, yeah, I I love Bill Walton. Everyone knows I love Bill Walton. I got the Bill Walton signed book, everything. Got a picture of Bill Walton. I love him. Uh, yeah, I, I won't say a negative thing about Bill Walton. I refuse. I love Dick Vitale. Oh yeah, people who hate Dick Vitale suck. They do. They a hundred. I, I love Dickie V. Oh, baby. Yeah, I, I love Dickie V. The diaper dandy. Here's my one complaint. We can't uh, we can't use one and done guys as diaper dandies. It does that doesn't hit for me. Like Zion Williamson wasn't a diaper dandy. Brandon Miller uh, not a diaper dandy. I guess. Like Jeremy Roach when he was a freshman like diaper dandy. So you're like, saying like the top NBA picks can't be yeah, just because they're a little too impactful. <laughs> diaper Dandy is Grayson like, Allen. Freshman yes, Grayson yeah, Allen. Yeah, he's, yeah, in the, he's a Diaper Dandy. He's in the Wisconsin game making that run. Yeah. Yeah. That's um, a Diaper Dandy. Love Dickie V. I, Dickie V's he's one great. of Yeah. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. Yeah, there you yeah. go. Um, Unbelievable. Trying to think who else. How about them hoes? All right, we'll that's, see. that's a classic. Billis? Jay Billis. It depends. I mostly like him, but then sometimes he's a little too cranky for me. Let me ask you this. I, this is a poll I have. Does Jay Billis hate Duke? Yes. Okay, thank you. Which is a big reason why my family likes him. <laughs> he clearly hates Duke. He overcorrects his bias 100%. I, and he also, he loves Carolina. His best friend is the head coach of the North Carolina Tar Heels. Yep, and I do think it's crazy when you see people, like people who say, oh, he's biased for Duke. It's like, well, you don't actually listen to him. You just no. know he played at Duke. No, because as a Duke like, fan... Every Duke fan sitting here cussing at the TV. Yeah, they like, all hate him. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. I'd like to interview him though. I'd like to talk to him. I I, I want to ask him why. I'd love to have him on. You're you're not a Seth Greenberg guy, aren't you? <laughs> no, I like Seth Greenberg. No, because he's harmless to you. I, I I just think there's better people. I like Jay Williams for college basketball. I don't like him in NBA or in like pro sports on Get Up and on the Stephen A. Smith Show or First Take. But I do like him on College Game Day a lot. Yeah, I like him too because he kind of has some of that Get Up First Take energy. But I like him just sprinkling that energy yeah. into college basketball. It like gives its own like, like it's a flavor or a little taste or seasoning that yep. we need. But he's not going all in. When he's going all in, it's like. You're not Stephen A. You're you're not that guy. But like you can you can sprinkle a little bit yeah. that into college basketball and it works. This is going to be a biased take, um, very biased. I think the most underrated guy though is John Fanta. John Fanta is awesome. Fanta is amazing. Mm-hmm. He brings that energy. He brings the energy every single time. He is unbelievable. He's a delight to hear. He knows basketball. He's not super biased towards one way or another. He call, tries to call it like he sees it. You can just tell he just loves basketball. Yeah. No, I'm I'm definitely a big fan of John Fanta. Uh, should we bring up someone I, I don't like? Who? Corey Alexander. <laughs> oh, yeah. No. He's the worst. UVA's finest. Yeah, no, I... Corey Alexander. I don't think there's... Is there anybody that's like, dude, Corey Alexander, man. Awesome. Like... I've got one. Virginia Tech fans? Corey Alexander. <laughs> Corey <laughs> All right, that got me. <laughs> <laughs> he's he's someone who like he just like that, that's the big thing that I always complain about or that UVA people complain about is he just he just name drops the entire time. Yeah. It's like he's just promoting himself. 
Anyways. Uh, rest in peace, Lafonso Ellis. I liked him. He was awesome. Yeah, I liked him. Um, I guess it's a good lead-in. Corey Alexander, State of the Union. Uh, do you want to do Virginia State of the Union? I'll, I, we can do a, like a minute timer. Sure. See if I can. We'll just count. Just go. Go ahead. Sure. Um, there's just they're young. They're not experienced within the UVA system. I think that this. I'm not panicked on the program. I think I've sort of given up on high aspirations for this team. They don't really have a high ceiling. But I think a lot of these guys are going to come back and be here multiple years, and they're going to start getting back to the UVA standard in the next few years. So that's what you've talked yourself into. It is what I've talked myself into, and I've also created, since 2019, a year-by-year comparison to UVA and UNC, and it is not much different. (laughs) All right, talk to me. Okay, so UNC's missed the tournament twice since 2019, right? Correct, if you include the 2020 COVID season. Yeah, I'm including that because they were, like, under 500. Well, they are like, the worst team in the ACC. They did start COVID to do that, so that's a different oh, that's conspiracy. Oh, that's, that's a conspiracy? The U, the Wuhan lab was a UNC lab, so. Okay, gotcha. Just putting that out there. So, 2020, they didn't even make, they weren't even going to make the NIT. Just kidding, YouTube, I swear. I Virginia swear. was going to be. Get, a, I don't want to get banned, YouTube, I swear. Virginia was, was going to be a seven seed or a six seed. 2021, uh, UNC was a seven seed. Virginia was a four seed. 2022, UNC was an eight seed. Virginia was in the NIT. I guess put the disclaimer: UNC made the national championship and almost won it, but we don't care about that. Yeah, no, no, no. Um, I, don't, I don't remember that's, that. That's not. Relevant. I wasn't at that game. That's not relevant. 2023, UNC NIT, UVA four seed. This year, I put UNC one or two seed, and then Virginia NIT or. Dayton. I, I'm still think. Do you think that UVA can make the tournament? I think they can. I think they can. They have to win like nine straight, though. I think I've sort of, like, I see a future in the program where I think Tony Bennett, he's not someone who wants to stay around forever. I think in five years is when he's probably going to be hanging it up. And we've got good high school recruits coming in. Either they're freshmen or sophomores now, or they're going to be coming in the next couple years. Um, And he's recruiting. He's on a roll with high school recruiting. And the big thing is they're not experienced, but they're playing right now. They're going to get to become juniors and seniors, and they're going to be good again. I think the I think the vision is he's got like five ish years left. He wants this group of like guys who are high school juniors, high school seniors, and then guys who are freshmen and sophomores to all sort of be raised up together. And then there's going to be like one to two years of them competing nationally again. And he's going to make a Final Four, and then he's going to hang it up. Hmm. That's what I think happens. I think yeah, he I could think, go out like Dre, I think it's a, fi- a final four J Wright type thing with yep. like his calling Gillespie, yep. like in Justin Moore, and it's like, yeah. How old is he? Tony Bennett. Yeah, uh, mid fifties. He just he's just not a he's not a college basketball. He's not a coaching lifer. Hmm. That's the that's the rumor. So he likes his wife. <laughs> Yes, he has yeah. a he has a healthy he marriage. Loves, he loves his children, but yeah, I, I think I think we're going to see 2014 to 2019 Virginia basketball. I think that's going to be back in a couple years, yeah. and it will last for two years. And he will make a Final Four, not win a national championship, but make a Final Four and go out Jay Wright style. That's the vision I have. You guys have to win every game in January to make the tournament. Yeah, and as crazy as it sounds, they could. Oh yeah, it's if you're listening right now, it's at Georgia Tech. 
Home NC State at Louisville, home Notre Dame. They'll probably be favored in three out of four. Yeah, I agree. Maybe all four. I mean, mm-hmm. stayed at home. Virginia's probably going to be favored. And then pretty easy February schedule because it's the ACC. The number one game, though, is you guys got to beat Carolina. If you guys beat Carolina, that That, that changes does it. the season. Yeah. Or Duke. Yeah, Duke's just so late. Where yeah. I mean, I guess it's those true. are like. But oh. with like North Carolina, that creates positive momentum. Yeah. Speaking of Seth Greenberg, he's looking at that being like, ooh, I would love to beat UNC and then lose to Boston College right after. <laughs> Seth Greenberg. <laughs> no, that's Wake Forest. That's Steve Forbes. <laughs> that's Steve Forbes. I, I think Steve Forbes beats the allegations this time. But Seth Greenberg, he made the tournament. Yeah, that's true. Once, right? Twice? Yeah, but we just ignore that. Yeah, I think we're going to do the same thing with with Wake Forest. Because they're going to lose in the first round. I'm going to bet Wake Forest to win in the first round. Whoever they play, because I love Wake Forest. Yeah. But they're going to lose to the Colorado States or Utah States of the world. I agree. And then we're just going to forget, like, oh, yeah, Steve Forbes. Oh, he did make that one tournament. It's like when Danny Manning, they made the Dayton first four with John Collins. Mm-hmm. And they're like, oh, yeah, they did lose to Kansas State and Dayton. But, like, they didn't make the tournament. Like, yeah. yeah. And that's how we're going to remember it. Even if they get in the real tournament, we're still not going to remember it like that. Um, all right, Saturday upset watch, and then we'll get out of here. Let's pull this up real quick. What teams are on Saturday upset watch? We don't have lines out. We're recording right now. It's like 10 o'clock Eastern time. I did mostly based on rankings. That's what I did, too, because some of these games, you're going to hear this and you're going to see the lines up by the time you're probably listening on Friday. And like Cincinnati's going to be favored against Oklahoma at home. And whatever the line is, give me Cincinnati. I agree. I don't even consider that an upset, really. Texas is going to be favored at home. I was going to say Texas beating Baylor. Love that. Um, St. John's, I think, could beat Marquette. That St. John. So you see the Marquette-St. John's game and then Seton Hall-Creighton? I have that, too. <laughs> I think those are upset watches. Yeah. Not Both of those don't win, but one of the unranked teams does win. I agree. And then, like, Iowa-TCU, there's no upsets there. I don't think Tennessee's on upset watch against Bama. I think they could be just because of the Nate Oates philosophy of just chucking, chucking up threes. threes. Yeah, they could just hit a bunch of threes and win. Like that's why that's why I put them there. But Tennessee's a better team. It's in Knoxville, so I do like Tennessee. Is but is Carolina on upset watch against Boston College? I'm gonna say no. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. Uh, I do. The one last one is Georgia's not a joke. Yeah, but it's at Rupp Arena. I don't think. I know. I don't think so either, but I just wanted to throw that out there because Georgia basketball, like, I just wanted to give them their flowers a little bit. You know what sucks is that, like, for me, I got BYU at 4 o'clock Mountain Time and Duke at 6 o'clock Mountain Time. It's right in the middle of the NFL playoffs. And I've got Virginia 4 p.m. Mountain Time, BYU 4 p.m. Mountain Time. Yeah, three can TV. We sp- can we space this out? Like, couldn't could that not have been 10 and 12? The, and then I could watch football. The poor that. wives and girlfriends these next couple months. Yeah, and um, that's why it's it's a breakfast date Saturday. Yeah, well, yeah, well, when you live with them, every day is a breakfast date. <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> and you know, getting getting a third TV out usually isn't a cool idea. <laughs> oh man! Oh, uh, all right. That's it from us. Make sure to subscribe on the YouTube if you're watching right here on YouTube. Hit the subscribe button. Uh, 
Subscribe on Apple, Spotify, wherever you're listening. Uh, follow us at CarterCasts on all social media, at CarterBA on Twitter, at BDHammond28, I believe, on X, Twitter, Correct. whatever you got it's it. called. And uh, follow us on there. Stay tuned. We'll be back next week, same time, same everything. And uh, we'll be back next week for the NFL pod. Check. Tune in for that. And we'll see you all next time. Peace.